All right, guys, it's time for the Next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Shaheen Shen. Shaheen Shen? Is the number one ranked Amazon accelerator. He helps you sell on Amazon and make a lot of money. During the Iranian Revolution of 1978, Shaheen's family had to escape to survive and ended up fully migrating to Los Angeles, California. At 15 years old, Shaheen left home with nothing but the clothes on his back and created over a billion dollars in revenue, that's billion with a B, by inventing the legendary smart drug known as Herbal Ecstasy. He's also made over 350 million in sales with Vapor and many more products. These childhood experiences had a major impact on his perspective of freedom, hard work and entrepreneurship. Later, Shaheen went on to invent digital vaporisation, the forerunner to today's vapes, and start a number of successful businesses with a couple of notable failures. Today, he's the founder and CEO of Accelerated Intelligence Incorporated, a major Amazon FBA seller with millions in its sales, the lead coach at Amazon Mastery, where he teaches entrepreneurs how to crush it on the Amazon platform and an active YouTube creator. Shaheen is considered one of the leading global minds on what's next in e-commerce, Amazon and the internet. He's described as the Willy Wonka of Generation X by the London Observer and Newsweek and is one of the most forward thinkers in business. With his Amazon Mastery course, he acutely recognises trends and patterns early on in the Amazon platform to help others understand how these shifts impact businesses and markets and consumer behaviour. And in this interview, we discuss a method to start selling on Amazon or anywhere else for that matter, the key that influence uh, plays in selling, how you can build recurring revenue streams right now, and so much more. And now let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Shane. You're, I was a bit skeptical at first when I seen, you know, what you're into. And then when I started doing a bit of research on you, you've had some amazing career and you're smashing out the mentoring. You, you're coaching people to amazing things. But for people who maybe don't recognize the name, could you give a quick intro? Because you've had some life. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I started when I was really young. Uh, we left Iran when I was about five years old, didn't speak a word of English, came to the United States as refugees, and realized very quickly that we were poor, uh, that we were middle class in Iran. When we came to the United States, we were solid poor. And it was a, a bitter pill to swallow, not speaking the language. Uh, and I learned very quickly that we were second-class citizens in the country that we were coming up in. So I decided that I would learn everything I could about being successful by reading books and listening to tapes and, and whatnot in those days. And by the time I was 15, I didn't see a clear path. Uh, I asked my folks and they were like, hey, you know, you got to become a doctor. That's the only thing we know. It didn't work for me. 
So I decided to leave home seeking my fame and fortune. I left my family, left my friends, left everything and went out into the electronic music scene. The rave scene was happening big in the 1990s. And there was a drug in particular called ecstasy that was boom and it was sweeping the world. But the problem was it was being made in the UK and it was being made in Amsterdam and the supply had dried out. They didn't really know how to make it that well in the United States. And I thought to myself, man, if there was a way where I could create an alternative to this that was legal and natural, I could take over the world. Only problem was that I was sleeping in abandoned buildings. I had no money. I was eating food at the food stands at the community college and didn't know anybody or have any friends. So in those days, what I did was I managed to somehow get myself a girlfriend, which was seemingly impossible considering I was broke. And I know that, you know, yeah. And I started to uh, cook up formulas in her kitchen. As her dad left, she would sneak me in through the back door. I'd be in the kitchen cooking up, cooking up formulas. And finally, uh, I managed to find a formula that worked and I took it to the club scene. I got the drug dealers that basically were sitting on their hands at that point because they didn't have any supply to sell to start selling my product instead of the illicit drugs. And it went from one guy to 10,000 guys to 100,000 people. We were selling all over the world at raves, at clubs. And by the time I was 18, roughly around then, uh, give or take, uh, I walked into my office. Now, mind you, I was homeless, sleeping on the beach. I was uh, eating canned foods. I was doing whatever it took to survive. And I realized that I had made it. The news broke that we had broken a billion dollars in revenue. This product that I had invented, I had 200 employees. I had a collection of exotic cars. I had fallen asleep in the uh, seat of my brand new Lamborghini drooling on the passenger seat. Not a good look. I, I would sleep two hours a day and I woke up, got into my office and was like, holy shite, man, we just broke a billion dollars. And my first concern was I didn't know how much a billion dollars was. I didn't know what that actually meant. Second concern was I felt I needed an accountant at this point. And I very quickly learned that accountants are not the people that count the cash piled up in duffel bags uh, piled in your office. That is not what accountants do. So many very important lessons were learned there. Uh, from there, I went on to inventing the core technology for vaporization. What you see now is vapes. I don't espouse people using vapes or vaporizing or smoking at all. And from there, I went on to master the Amazon space, which is where I'm at now, teaching people how to sell on this platform that Jeff Bezos created and how to create recurring revenue streams. Because that's why I was keen to have you on. I really like the idea of systems. Like I'm very much a systems dominated person like i need to have it built up in a set routine and like a procedure to follow things so do you think that maybe the living in the abandoned building sleeping in your car that homeless vibe do you think that was the sort of you knew how the lowest point you could be so that just you thought i can go balls to the wall now here i know the lowest rung that i can always go to it's like kato you know wearing the harsh um the harsh fabrics in the roman empire eating like the gruel because you said if this is the worst thing that's possible i've already done it so i know i can come from here and go up you know do you think that gave you that oomph? yeah that's interesting it's like that scene from 
Scarface, one of the great movies with Al Pacino, not the original one from the 1920s or 30s, but uh, the Al Pacino version of Scarface, where he is, uh, you know, on a boat from Cuba, he gets run through the uh, run through the system in the United States, and they grab him. And the uh, cop is like, you know, I know what you are, you're a criminal. And he looks at the cop and he goes, and you can see it in his face. You can feel it in his presence. What a great actor, Pacino. He said, he looks at the cop and he says, there's nothing you can do to me that Castro hasn't already done. This was a man who had reached the pinnacle of what he considered the bottom of, uh, you know, his pain threshold, his discomfort. And so from there on up, it was only upward. So for me, yeah. It was a lot like that. I'll even put it to you this way. Even when I had made a billion dollars in revenue, well-documented, you guys can look it up. I'm not one of those like TikTok, Instagram people that are like, look at my jacuzzi and the babes and the jacuzzi and the Lambos. Like I actually did that shit um, before the internet. And even when I had made my, my, my wealth, my fortune, I had the houses, the cars, I had a backpack. And tied to the strap of the backpack were a new pair of shoes. Why? Because when I made my first $100,000, I went out there and I bought a brand new pair of shoes. And I thought to myself, man, if anything happens, if I go back to where I started, it wouldn't be that bad because I started from nothing. So I have nothing to lose. But at least I'll have a nice pair of new shoes where I can go off on my next adventure. And I had that backpack filled with all the belongings I had when I left home. And I had that under my desk for years and years and years. Only about a, a decade ago did I get rid of it. But I had that backpack under my desk to remind me what I came from, to remind me that I started from nothing and I could do it again if I had to. Now, this is a really interesting point in is that most of the men that I know, men and women that are wealthy, that are successful, that have really reached great heights of success you can look at them and ask them, hey, if everything was taken away from you tomorrow, if all you had left was the, the clothes on your back, could you make it again? And they come back every time with yes, and they can tell you how. And that's the difference. That's what separates grit. That's what separates people who can take a beating and come up. The people who win in life are not the people who never take punches. They're not the people who never get knocked down. They're the people who get knocked down and know how to get back up. They know how to get back up and thrive. And they know how to learn from their mistakes. Hmm. And do you think that's like a big thing that people have now is they've never had to really work for it? You know, you can order a taxi to your door. You can order a, somebody to pick you up. You can order a date. You know, you can use Tinder and all these sort of things. Do you think we've got to a point where where we came from when we were younger you had to go and earn it you couldn't just like you know jump on a phone and do stuff you actually had to go and find these things and market it and like you had to go and find somebody to try sell the initial concoctions you had to then go and get people to where at that point people don't have to grind as much now do you think that's a problem yeah it's funny it's it's a similar thing i've got a lot of friends who are dating i'm married a, a family guy happily married uh with a family but um, I've got friends that are dating and they know how to approach women. And women are now shocked by the fact that men are approaching them because they're used to this. They're used to thumbs uh, on oh, a yeah. phone, sending them 
messages through apps. They're not, and, and that's really, you know, one of the oldest forms of sales from the dawn of time, men have been approaching women. And it's something that in recent days has, uh, has really, uh, been, uh, been neglected. Now, here's the thing. You can, uh, create a, a scenario for yourself is that you have to go out there and seek extraordinary experiences to be able to forge a personality, to be able to be self-reflective, to be able to look back at the things that you're good at, but also the things that you suck at, and to be able to improve. And the problem with today's society isn't that things are so easy because of apps and computers and stuff. The problem is that a lot of people stop trying. The problem is with woke culture where you're told, hey man, you're okay just the way you are. And everybody gets a participation prize and it's fine to be second or third. And then people go out there into the world of business and somebody eats their lunch. A great quote from my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Cult, which is out now. And I love to use this on stage is that when you are sleeping, your enemies are planning your demise. And it's so true. You think you're working in a vacuum. You think you're a snowflake. You think what you're doing is unique and you're more special than all the other entrepreneurs out there. But it's bullshit, man. What's true is that there's 20 guys with the same idea you have, 20,000 guys with the same idea you have. And a few of them got through. A few of them are trying to make it happen. But the majority of them are going to quit. And you have to be smarter. You have to be more ruthless, more cunning, more aggressive. You have to be better. You have to be willing to work 10 times as hard as the, as the other people to be able to have a chance of making it. Mm. And that's something you see a lot of. It. People kind of, it's almost like we become an easy generation. It's nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to do it. It's like they want to go on these reality shows. They want to get the lottery. They, they're not interested in building and making a system. So like I have affiliate products for sale through the site and I'm sitting there and I'll make a sale and I'm like, yeah, brilliant. But I would like to make it into a full time system so I can make, you know, and I'm now making affiliate sales when I'm sleeping and I wake up and you see the commissions, you go, ah, superb. I don't get how that's not something people want to do. That would blow my mind that I can do that, that that's possible for a fat guy in the Highlands of Scotland at the time to set up, you know. Now, how, now people are finding in the COVID situation, we've got the, you know, everybody started getting furloughed and losing their income. And they realized they didn't have a kind of network of revenue streams. So you've talked about the need to have real estate investments, to have your wage, to have your e-commerce business, to have yeah. pots of money coming from other places. How do you think these pillars of finance should be used? How, how can we set up a business that actually makes money while we sleep and isn't just like a one-off selling beads in a beach or something? Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a really great question. And I'll tell you, I, I think that everybody needs to have a foundation, a foundation to how they think, a foundation to how they work. And that similarly, your financial life, your ultimate freedom is going to be dependent on your financial, on if you have the money to do the things that you want to do. And we do that by building foundational wealth. 
We do that by building the four pillars. Pillar number one, cash flow positive real estate. Pillar number two, you got to have a job. Got to keep diapers on the kid or a trust fund or there has to be something there where, excuse me, you're not waking up stressing out every day, where you're relaxed, where you're getting things done in a clear space because you're not worried where your next meal is coming from. Super important. And then when you're, you've, you've achieved other pillars, you can get rid of the job and replace that with something else. But in the meanwhile, it's okay to have a job. And then something that's compounding interest, some investments where your money's working for you. And finally, what I do and what I teach, and by the way, anybody that's interested, reach out to me. I'll give out my direct email is darkzess at gmail.com. That's D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. And I will give you my one-hour course. It's a $200 course for free. Use the code Ian, I-A-N, and we will give you the one-hour course, $200 for free. Email me, darkzess at gmail.com. And that's the fourth pillar is selling on the Amazon platform, selling on e-commerce, creating a piece of real estate. We all know that recently since COVID, real estate has gone through the roof, but there is another piece of real estate that's fully accessible. It's accessible to you, to me, to every single person watching and listening to this, and that's building out an Amazon business. And you can do it. You can do it with little or no money. And that's what I teach people to do every day, uh, creating this recurring revenue so you don't have to sell your hours. Because something I really liked was that you talked about you don't have to do everything yourself. You know, I want to make a product. I don't need to create it. I don't need to sell it. I don't need to do this, that, or whatever. I can go and I can actually find like engineers. I can find software developers. Could you go into a little bit about how you would look at a, a market and say, okay, that niche is for me? Because I've seen you talking about how the vaporizer came in. How would yeah. you look at a market and go, that product will sell? And then go from how to find the people to then, you know, to, to actually create it for you? And then how do you sell it? How, you know, could you give us an example? Because your, your Amazon mastery, I've never seen a bad word about it. But how can we, could you give us a, like, like a journey that we could follow along on? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, look, it, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You're either in the products business or the service business, and that's it. Or you have a job. And if you have a job in like education or something like that, you're in the, you're in the service business. So now we know there's two kinds of things you can do. You can either be in products or service. And what you need to do along your journey is to have people that are great at the things that you suck at. And the ability to influence is the number one most important thing that you can cultivate. And that's what we teach people. I teach people, how do you tell a better story? How do you influence people with story? And it's really that that makes the biggest difference. When people look on Amazon, they think, oh man, this is a great idea. I should buy this. And they get taken to a listing and they buy a product. Maybe they'll look at two or three and they'll buy one. How did they get to that listing? Why are they buying it? The way we used to buy, the disruption marketing systems no longer work. What works is an intelligent approach to storytelling. What works is social proof. Me and you telling people, hey man, I love this product. I got this product. It was amazing. It grew hair all over my head and now I'm not bald anymore. Or I got this amazing pair of shoes and they're so comfortable, more comfortable than my uh, you know, mainstream brand. You should try these. They're half the price. 
People believe that. But when the big shoe company comes and it's like, hey, buy our shoes, we're the best, nobody fucking believes them anymore. That's done. That's disruption marketing, as Seth Godin says. That's the old school. The new school is what's John have to say about it? What do these influencers have to say about it? Who's an authority in that field that's vouching for that product? And that's what we do. That's what we teach people on Amazon. If you could master that, you could sell anything, anywhere. It doesn't matter if you're selling it online, if you're selling it in a brick and mortar, if you're selling a product, if you're selling a service, all that stuff is the same thing. Selling is selling. So how do you get over the initial fear of that? You because know, selling has a dirty connotation to it. A lot of people struggle with the idea of selling because it's, you know, you try to take money off people. And, you know, there are some people who have a, a, an averse opinion of it. How do you start building somebody and making their mindset that they can actually do this? You know, the person who's sitting there going, I don't know how to sell anything. Don't be silly. Can now actually go and create a shit ton of money, basically. Look around you. Everything around you, and a mentor of mine told me this, I write about it in my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thropo Cult, is that everything around you has been sold to somebody at some point. Everything around you, the bed behind you, the artwork on the wall, the lights, the electricity going through the lights, the door, everything. Everything around us has been sold to us by one person or another. So you have to make the decision of if you are going to be a person of influence, a person that impacts people's lives. And if so, you need to learn sales. And if not, go get a fucking job and stop pretending like you're going to be an entrepreneur. Stop pretending that you're going to start a business. There's there's a place for people in academia. There is a place for people who just want to conduct the trains and they want to go and get a paycheck. The people I speak to are people who know that they're capable of more. They know that there is a tendency for them to fall into a habit, be it a good one or a bad one. And if they were given the tools to follow the good habit, that they could do it. They feel that there is an untapped potential that they could achieve if only given a chance, if given a path. And that's what we like to do. We like to give them that path that leeway to go out there and to to really succeed using the tools of influence. That's all sales is. It's, it's influence. And I tell people this all the time. The sale is made before the customer ever knows about you. Every sale is made before that customer walks into that store, goes onto your website and, and calls you, whatever it is. And that's what we like to work on. Because I've definitely seen that where I've had products I would like to buy or, you know, it's a general product. And you go on and immediately you go, no, the style of this website isn't isn't me. This is not who I am. So you've talked about like Robert Caladini um, principles of influence. How do we know, like, how do we start selling a product? Because you've talked about the language that's used for selling good products, but you've also mentioned you have to niche down, pick a low-hanging fruit to sell. How yeah. do we pick the, the right product to start with? And when do we start diversifying it so that we would get, you know, rather than putting all our eggs in one basket, but not jumping before we've made enough sales to establish, you know, how, how do we start that sort of, how do we pick the first thing that we go for? Sure. I love that question. So the answer is this, that 
When people think, and this is the biggest mistake, I'll, I'll start with this, actually. The biggest mistake that most entrepreneurs make is they think, hey, I'm going to create a product and it's going to be better than everybody else's. And the world is going to recognize that my product is superior because, and I will sell tons of that product. And then they launched their product that they took way too long to introduce. They didn't ship like we told them to. They were working on fixing this minor detail. And it turns out nobody fucking cares. And they're just sitting there on their ass with a warehouse full of inventory that they can't sell. Why? Because they created a product and were looking for a market for it. And I get people like this all the time who come to me after they've done that and say, hey, man, let me take your course. Please, please let me take your course. I tried to do it on my own and I failed. And I look at them and almost every time that's the issue. Now, how do you do it? You look at the market. You spy what the market wants. And I teach you how to get these tools. Email me, guys, darkzess at gmail.com, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. Use code Ian. I'll give you the course for free. The trick, very simply, is to find a market, niche it down, find what that market needs, what are the vulnerabilities, who are the competitors, and then give that market what it needs. It's such an easier way. You might have added uh, you know, three thingamajigs to your thing that you didn't need to. People just wanted it to come in blue. That could be your innovation. It could be that they're all selling for 100 bucks. And everybody just wants to buy a simple one that only costs 50. That could be your innovation. Maybe they all have the same features, but nobody is telling that story. And then you learn how to tell a story. You learn how to influence and you become rich because you did something the other guys didn't. I love that kind of approach because how many people do you know who will say, I've got a book in me? But, you know, I can't write. It has to be perfect. And you're like, yeah, it's bullshit. You know, it's like you've got Amazon who has so many distribution centers. You can sell somebody else's products if you know how to do it correctly. Why do you think people struggle with this? Is it that they try to be perfect? Is it that they try to overcomplicate it like you're saying? They don't know the market they're selling to? Where's the common faults that you see with people? Yeah, fear of failure, fear of success. More so the fear of success. Mm-hmm. So people people narrow down and start picking on little things rather than just fucking ship. Sell something. Fail. Get out there. Get off your fucking ass. Take a risk and fail. That is the best thing you can do. But I've seen people time and time again, you know, mine's going to be so much better than everyone else's. I'm going to have two lenses on my camera. Okay, I'm going to have... Uh, two USB cables, and it's going to be perfect. Oh, no, I don't like the rubber USB cables. I'm, mine is going to be fabric woven. Nobody gives a fuck. People are going on there. They want to buy a cheap fucking webcam for 20 bucks so they can they can uh, have, a, have a nice talk with their nan. Your, your, your thing doesn't matter. You're worried about all the wrong things. The people who win are the people who get up off their asses, and they ship, and they fail, and it's okay. Because the next time they will succeed or maybe they won't. You know, life isn't so dry cut and neither is sales and neither is selling products on e-commerce. So sometimes you might launch a product and you're like, did I succeed? Did I fail? Well, it's just right in the middle. I'm breaking even. I'm making a little bit of money. Not as much as I thought I would. Okay. So now what do we do? Ah, but if I had a hundred products like that, I'd be making bank. Cool. Let's work on that. But you have to start somewhere. And if you don't ship, it's not going to work. 
So you can't get myopic and focus on things. Secondly, you are not your customer. You don't know what people want. You have to go through the process. And that's what we teach. It's an algorithm. You can't bet on your hunches. I had a, a mentor of mine, this guy, Stuart Wilde, British guy. And he would always teach, play your hunch, it'll have your lunch. And we learned how to use process, how to, like you say, build systems and follow those systems. When a system works, we follow those systems. And then what you do is you just build wealth through recurring revenue streams by cookie cutter, uh, cookie cutter system building for all this stuff. And that's what we teach. It's, it's, it's one of the easiest ways in the world to, uh, to make money, maybe short of stealing. Uh, now that i've seen like amazon and the amount of stuff they have is amazing and it's the like the way the just the sheer kind of way it wants you to purchase and it offers it and how then do you cut through the noise you know like say you're selling a low-hanging fruit that like a certain cable and there's a ton of other people selling it as well how do you make people come to your your site well your part of amazon rather than the other the you know the the ones that you want to avoid the the ones who just throw up a thing and go fuck it that'll do how how yeah. do you make it your stuff so I'll tell you this anybody that's selling drop shipping probably a scam I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I don't know everybody who's selling drop shipping but if someone's selling you drop shipping hey man you can find a product and get the manufacturer to ship it for you you never have to take inventory you're gonna get rich those are mostly scams. I don't know any legitimate ones, which is why I'm saying mostly. Maybe there's a dude out there who's doing it legitimately. What you want to do is you want to build real estate. You want to build private label brands that you have ownership of, brands that we can help you build out. And then in two, three years time, have a seven-figure exit, have an eight-figure exit. And you're building a brand that's improving somebody's life. You're bringing value into the world rather than just arbitrage, being a middleman between some manufacturer who doesn't know better and and amazon and believe me those kinds of businesses very soon crash and burn because other people get smart to it so those companies that are like hey man buy this resell it buy that resell it guess what they're doing that for a thousand different people and there's nothing no matter how much the guy says he loves your face that makes you special from all the other you know suckers that did that well we teach us private label we teach you how to build a brand how to sell a brand and i've done this all my life is build out brands and get them to produce revenue, recurring revenue streams. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. So how do you go about then finding that customer base? How do you find investors? How do you find you know, people to assist with like a distribution center, that sort of thing. You know, because when you were 15, you were going to business meetings where in bars and stuff where you were not allowed to, because you had no ID. How how do you go, like, how, what did that teach you about networking and making these connections? And do you think that because you were so young that you just didn't know any better? So you just thought, well, let's have a laugh. Let's see how we go. 
was it your just your confidence of not knowing that you just thought saw that I can do this or it's funny I still feel like I don't know any better <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know look I I think confidence will only get you so far following a proven system is is probably more important than being confident having confidence in your systems having confidence in your process and oftentimes I feel like mentors can really help us. And so can masterminds, having groups of people who we trust. Uh, my, my program includes a mastermind, includes mentorship, it includes coaching. And I think those things are much more key because wherever you're at in life and wherever you want to be, somebody else has been there and somebody else has done it. And truthfully, you need to be able to learn from them. And if you can model them, if you can model their success and their path to success, it's so much easier than forging your own path. So say you start making some sales just now, you know, you've got your particular product, you've gone through your course, you love it, you think this is brilliant, let's go for it. How do you start getting the mindset of being a seller? And how do you juggle the demands between maybe having kids, you know, you're working full time, doing a nine to five, because I think that's a lot of people's dreams, you know, yeah. set it and leave it and uh, edit it every so often. Sure. How how do you juggle those conflicting demands? But also how do you become, like you were saying, people are scared of success. How do you accept that, that you can deal with that level of success? So, I, your your first question was, how do you manage your time? How do you, mm -hmm. uh, let's say you have kids, you have a job, but, and you know, most people, that's, that's the problem. Most people wanting to get involved with a program like ours is like, man, I don't know when I'll be able to do it. I've got a job. I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I have dinner, I play with the kids, I go to sleep and I step in return. And pretty soon they find themselves well, going through the hamster wheel. Every day is fucking Groundhog's Day. Every single day, it's the same thing. And they get it gets very tiring. I think the answer is you have to take micro steps and you have to take some risks. Now, you have to have some amount of money, a nest egg, that you're willing to part with in exchange for the possibility of mm. greener pastures. And I recommend at least $10,000. If you have... Yeah, and I really feel now in this day and age, everybody can work towards having ten grand in their savings. Every every entrepreneur, every person listening to this show can. I mean, I'm sure there's people in places in the world where that's maybe not as realistic. But if you can put together ten thousand bucks and say, you know what, if this money goes away, it doesn't change my life at all. There's a lot you could do with that. It's not a lot of money. It's baby money. It's still still small money. Um, from the perspective of, of a business, but that's enough for you to launch a very healthy business and to take your first big risk. So I think the first step in starting a business comes when you got $10,000 saved up where you're like, let me see how I can turn this into a hundred and you go from there. So very realistically, I think the first step in, in today's day and age and you know, post COVID all this is to have a savings of $10,000 that if lost, and it's really important that you think like this, if lost doesn't affect your life. I mean, sure, you don't want to lose 10 grand, but if you lose it, you know what? It is what it is. You, you resign to that money going away. 
Now you can take the risk. Now you can be comfortable. Now you can plan out how you're going to make your money. And doing it intelligently, your chances of succeeding start to look really fucking good. Because that's what I was quite interested in is, like, you know, you've had a lot of businesses. You've sold shares and things. You've left. Have you had any where you've kind of gone, ah, oh, I wish I'd stayed in there? You know, how have you, how have you dealt with failure with things maybe not working out for businesses collapsing, you know, what has it yeah. taught you about fear and the overcoming it? Because you just seem to be on the cusp of every new wave that's coming in. How do you deal with when something goes wrong? How do you view it? How do you shift it, recalibrate and get back on the horse? You know, Ian, for most successful people, you have a tendency to only see their successes. You look like a great basketball player like Michael Jordan. We see the baskets that he makes. We remember the games that he won. We don't remember the failures. I've had so many failures personally. In fact, I think I've had more failures than successes. However, my successes by far and away outweigh my failures to the point where my failures are forgettable. The lessons from them you remember I've made lots of mistakes in my life and I've made tons of mistakes in my business and my work. And I'm not regretful of any of them. I just learn from them and I move on. I've lost millions of dollars. I've had people steal millions of dollars. I've been foolish with my money. I've done all that stuff, but I've learned from it. And every time I get a little bit better. For me, I was a 15 year old kid. I had a grade school education. I didn't speak English until I was like eight or nine. So, you know, fully speak English until I was eight or nine. It took me four years to, to learn the English language. I was coming from a country where we spoke zero English. So you got to give yourself a little bit of a break, but then you've got to strive to put in the effort and to do whatever it takes in order for you to be successful. You might not have to do whatever it takes, but you have to be willing. So what tools do you think every person should have? You know, are there kind of, like I use like Evernote to record questions for people I'm going to do, Zencaster for recording. You know, are there things like analytical tools that you think every entrepreneur should have? Are there key things that every business should have, do you think? Yeah. You know, the first thing is I think you have to have people you can delegate to, which is super essential. If you have a business, you need to have people you can delegate to because we all have the same amount of hours, 24, last I checked. And every single person has to make the most of what they can with the time that they have. So with that said, we know that you can't manage time. Time happens if we're there or not. So what we can do is we can build principles and systems where we're using other people's hours to our benefit and advantage and also to their benefit and advantage. So what you do is, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the things that we do is we use a lot of virtual assistants and we utilize these people, the amazing people in uh, Southeast Asia, in South and Central America to activate systems that we have and to utilize those systems. And when that happens, um, you know, our efforts are compounded. So I think that's really 
you know, the first and foremost, you've got to have great people that you can delegate to and you got to train them. Um, and there's some things that you can't delegate as an entrepreneur. You got to remember um, things like team building. A, a mentor of mine taught me, you know, team building. You can't do sales, how things are done, how things are sold. You can delegate the sales process, but how sales are done, team building. These are things that you have to do yourself. Everything else you can probably delegate and that will multiply the effects of what you're trying to achieve. Because you've said that um, I actually was interested in the virtual assistant side of things because that's something I've seen quite like Tim Ferriss, et cetera, have mentioned. Now, you've mentioned the best of advice you got was to look behind the sale and see the person. And remember, there's a person behind it rather than the sale. Is that the kind of thing that we need to remember to work on networking, work on team building, to work on our soft skills, to to work to communicate better with people, to sell them a dream, sell them a story rather than sell the product almost? Sometimes you have to sell the product. Sometimes you have to sell the story. But behind every product is a person. Behind every service is a person. And I recommend at first you want to build rapport. You want to see if this person even wants what you're selling. How crucial is that? Because they might not want what you're selling. And if they don't want what you're selling, move on. Don't waste your time. There there are a lot of other things that you could be doing, a lot of other things that you could be selling, and your time is better spent qualifying. So we don't sell when we, we go out there. We qualify. We ask the right questions. We get the right people. And then when you have the right people, around you, you can do really well because you already know that they qualified. They want what it is that you're selling. So all you have to do is build rapport and then you use the elements of influence to get them on your side. So I'm trying to remember who it was where they said the way they created a product was to advertise it in magazines and depending on the number of people who wrote and said, oh, I better go make something for that then, you know, because there's enough of a demand for it. So they had actually made sure that there was the demand before they went. And, you know, it's like you're saying, make sure that there's people that are going to buy it before you spend thousands developing it, working on the functions, and then you realize nobody wants it. They want the cheaper version because it's easier and it's more efficient. So why why you create the book now? You know, the book's going to, um, going to go make a lot of sales. It's going to change so many people's lives. But what was the inspiration behind it? And was it kind of... Um, cathartic for you? Did it give you a kind of make sense of the past and kind of at this point in your life now that you're married with kids? Did did you know? Did it make? Did you think this was a perfect time to look back so you could ramp up for the future? Yeah, look, the book is completely a passion project for me. When um, I was thinking about this, uh, people would come to me and say, "Hey, man, your story is amazing. When are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book?" And then COVID happened. And I was at home going, man, there's no better time to do this than now to get my story out. And I started writing it and I thought to myself, wow, this is coming out pretty well. Let me do it. And we did that. We recently got a film deal for the book, which is exciting. In the next couple of years, it'll be out as a film, hopefully on the big screen, but maybe as a series, we're working on that now. And it's really, you know, something that I tell people to do all the time. And that's that you got to have your interests looked after. And this is what I mean by that. 
you have to, it's what Stephen Kotler in his book, The Art of the Impossible talks about when you want to get into a flow state is you got to follow your fascination. There has to be something that you do that has nothing to do with money. It's, you know, maybe it'll be, you know, a thing that you'll do for profit. Maybe it'll bring you profit, but you don't really do it for them. You do it because you're fascinated by it and you follow that fascination and see where it leads. All great things in my life came after I followed my fascination about a certain thing. And sometimes it leads to business or leads to a product, but doesn't have to. And writing the book, telling my story, getting it out there is something that I'm fascinated by. I think it's super interesting, the the process of being able to share your story with others and inspire them, inspire others to take action. Greatest feeling I get is when somebody reads my book and then they call me up and they take my course uh, and they're like, man, I, I was able to quit my job. I was able to walk in and give the middle finger to my boss because now I'm making more money than I ever did at my job. That's amazing. That. Yeah, that's a great feeling. And you, I really feel like that's something that creates a purpose-driven, mission-driven life, which is super awesome. And now with COVID, where people are realizing, you know, they can't just stay in the 50-year career, you know, they've got to kind of think, I might need to make a career for myself, but I've got a family, how am I going to do it? And, you know, e-commerce is a great way of doing it, for example. But how do we, how do you think it's going to change with COVID? And what markets do you think are going to be coming up that people can sort of, should be looking into to start selling, to start working in? Yeah. So I think there's, there's a lot of opportunities, but obviously, you know, the biggest one, the most glaring opportunity is really going to be selling on e-commerce. We've seen Amazon become massive during this time. Their stock prices shot up. There's more millionaires being made now selling on Amazon, third party sellers, people like you and me selling products on Amazon than I think any other e-commerce business. So my suggestion to people is get that fourth pillar going. Now is the time. Real estate is through the roof. I wouldn't recommend buying real estate right now unless you know what you're doing and are getting into something with cash flow. But buy into this real estate, online e-commerce businesses. And we teach all of it. So you don't have to stick to just Amazon. I've got students that are making a killing on Etsy and eBay and Walmart. And there's all this opportunity and we're going to look five years from now. People are going to be like, oh my God, it was day one, five years ago. I should have started an Amazon business. I should have uh, gotten products out in e-commerce. And that's really, I think, the, the greatest opportunity. Other opportunities, I think, you know, healthcare sector is amazing. A lot of people are looking at crypto. That's definitely not something that I'm very knowledgeable about at this moment, but that seems very interesting. It seems like it could go either way. So it's, it's a fascinating thing to watch. Um, being able to trade stocks. I was a day trader for a long time. Stocks, commodities, futures, uh, a really uh, interesting way to learn about the markets. So there's, there's a lot of stuff out there, but nothing, I believe, that Trump's selling on an e-commerce platform like Amazon. And I know we're sort of short for time, but what would you want people to take from this interview? Like, say if there was a sort of generalization, uh, a point or three points, what would you want them to leave this interview? And it's the only thing they remembered. What would you want them to, for that to be? For you, for your family, for your loved ones, start a business that creates a recurring revenue stream. And if I can help you with that, 
reach out to me, darkzess at gmail.com, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com, and start creating these recurring revenue streams. Whatever it is, even if you don't use me to help you, use whoever you want, but start creating money that you don't have to sell your hours for, that you don't have to work every day and night for, and let your money work for you. And how do we connect with you on social media, find your company? How do we find you on Amazon, the great products that you're selling on there? Yeah, thanks for asking, Ian. So you can reach me at darkzess at gmail.com. Again, that's D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can check out my full Big Daddy course, which is fbasellercourse.com. FBA standing for Fulfillment by Amazon. So it's fbasellercourse.com. You can check me out at shaheenshan.com. We also have a show called Hack and Grow Rich. Check out our show on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, as well, you can uh, join us on Instagram. It's Hack and Grow Rich. And if there's anything I can do to support you, just email me. The best way to people get a hold of me is just, just email me. I respond to all emails. Use the code Ian in the subject heading, and I will give you the $200 one-hour course for free. Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.